reaping, planting and re- receiving. So let's take opportunity this morning to give. Um, a couple of things that, that to remind you of as far as giving goes. On the, on the outside wall, you've got all the life group leaders up there in pictures. Down the bottom row are the missions that we're connected with. For example, Jason Friend. We were praying for him last night. He's ministering in the Idaho Center in Boise to 5,000 Hispanics. And our prayer last night agreement, I haven't heard the report yet, was that 2,000 of those would come forward and accept the Lord and begin a life in the kingdom of God. So we're praying for that. Of course, you know, Jason's coming here in July 10 through 16. going to be preaching in the tent across from Riffenberg. And we're having those tent meetings, and we'll hear more about that in a minute. But uh, we're glad to be praying and in, in partnership with Jason and Mission. So if you ever want to donate to Jason, you can do it through the church. You can connect to him directly. But all across the bottom are those people that we're connected to in missions, and Mark and Jan Lee in Minneapolis. Uh, um, Rob and I and Shannon will be going this next weekend to Texcoco, Mexico, near Mexico City, ministering with Aaron De La Borda, who's the guy on the far right at the bottom, um, and ministering in the churches there on the 15th anniversary of the church in Texcoco, and also the 10th anniversary of the church building in Cuatro Vientos. We'll be ministering in Cuatro Vientos on Saturday, Texcoco on Sunday, and we're going to have a great time. Todo en Español. All in Spanish. Is that all right? You don't know. You don't speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish either. I mutilate two languages for a whole weekend. And so these are the missions that we're supporting. Also, Robert, I want to bring this up. Uh, Robert is heading for Mexico in September, leading a team of with multiple churches into Baja and uh, various places down there ministering. We go for two weeks, a week with the team, and then he'll stay another week with the leadership there. And I don't know who knows what they'll do. Maybe put him on a spit and barbecue him or something. But <laughs> I see he's going to minister there and get to know some of the pastors and leaders there. Still raising funds. If you'd like to donate to Robert, you can just write a check or put it on the envelope and put Robert Mexico. And we'll get it to him so that he has funds to go. Uh, he's always short, but uh, right up to the end. God always takes care of it right at the end. Amen. And uh, you can connect with him, too, about things that he may want to be able to take down with him that the team is, is collecting various items to help the people in Mexico there. Uh, that's happening. So as we give this morning, we're looking for places to sow, right? Sow our lives, sow our resources. Here in our culture, money is part of what represents who we are. It's just kind of the way we do business. So when we surrender it, we're saying, I give of who I am. That's our means, like the widow's mind, right? So, Father, this morning as we come to the point of blessing others. We pray that you will use the seed that we're about to sow. You will multiply it like you do in the field. Lord, we're looking for 30, 60, and 100-fold reproduction in this law of reciprocity. As we sow that seed, Lord, you will bless it back and do things with it like you did with the loaves and the fishes. Make it more than is needed and surprise us by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, this is just kind of a networking moment. I want to squeeze in here. Dr. Floyd Evers is going to be preaching here. And uh, you, you, know, you got to tell everybody. Amen. And uh, Darlene said it was okay. Thank you. All right. That's important. That means he's going to have the anointing. Amen. Amen. They're in agreement. So I'm, it's a bummer when he preaches, I'm usually gone. So I'm going to change that in the future. Amen. All right, I'm out of the way. I think I got all the Vanna White stuff done. And uh, here's Pastor Rob.
We're going to see if this works. We had some problems yesterday with it. Don't know if you've paid attention. We're almost all done with all of our construction in the back sound booth. That's been exciting. We got the sound desk in. Josh Bailey built it, and Gary, and Ed, and I installed it. Anyways, hey, we are coming up on the tent meetings, the tent revival. I'm very excited about that. I just want to share a little bit about what's going on before we get into the message this morning. July 10th through the 16th, seven nights. Jason Friend is coming and going to share the gospel each night. And, and he's an anointed. We've seen some video clips. I'm really excited about the time. We've been in prayer. There's prayer happening continually for this event. Every Wednesday specifically, there's a prayer meeting focused on this upcoming uh, revival. But it's more than just a revival for us. It's going to be an outreach. As a, as a church congregation, we have, uh, you know, we prayed and we really desired to uh, take this as an opportunity to use to reach out to our friends and our family. Sometimes it's hard to, to share the gospel personally. This is going to be a great opportunity just to, sh- to invite someone to share a little bit about that. So that's coming up. In order for this to happen, there needs to be a lot of volunteers. And we have, is it up to nine churches involved in this at this point? I heard nine churches. I think it's the most we've had corporately involved in the, in the meetings Coming up, nine churches of the valley are, are putting, it's up to ten now. Ten churches. Praise the Lord. So that's exciting. Ten churches getting together to do anything is exciting. You know, and we can hardly get together and just barbecue. You know, but God, you know, we're going to change those things. So it's exciting. Um, and so we've, uh, there's just some things, if you want to be, if you can be involved, if you don't want to be, if you can be, we need, we're going to need some help um, ushering and parking lot and uh, upcoming possible counseling. Gary Hastings will be the liaison for the church. Um, but before even that, if you're in a life group and, and uh, want to be involved, you'll be talking to your life group leaders this week in your, in your times together. Your leader's going to share with you some of the needs and, and, and get some names written down. Um, but through the week, there's seven nights. We're looking for you know, four to six ushers every night. And so really, if you think about that, we need like 42 spots filled. Six times seven, right? So if you were to volunteer for, let's say, two nights, well, then there's two of the spots filled. Not from our church, from all ten churches. So, so if you, you know, just pray and say, God, what would you have me do? Desire everyone to be uh, coming. We're going to take all of our life groups that week. If you meet in any life group, day or night, they're all going to be reconvened at the tent meetings. So we won't be meeting in individual homes. We're going to join together. And, boy, I sure would love to say, but you can't come unless you bring somebody with you. Imagine if just for the week, each and every person from every church that's represented in this, in that whole seven days, just brought one person, just one for the week. Those ten churches, there's going to be 700, 800, maybe a thousand people involved in those ten churches. That would be seven, eight, a thousand people invited that week. And we'd see salvations and healings and we're praying for for just god's anointing on that time so if you want to be involved can be involved speak to your life group leader uh, if you're not in the life group talk to gary uh, directly and um, his number is available if you call the church office the kids thing there is this year we're doing something different also um we are doing, there's a, uh, the Salvation Army is going to be involved in this. The Salvation Army, if you didn't know, um, took over Pine Summit 
Baptist camp and not Salvation Army camp. And so, praise God, they are good at, at reaching out. They're doing a VBS for that whole week, every night, during the tent meetings. Instead of just child care, ages five and up, they're going to have an actual vacation Bible school. And if you're not familiar with that, the purpose of vacation Bible school is to preach the gospel and to get kids saved. And so while adults are having the gospel preached, the kids from five and up are going to have the gospel preached to them in a way that they can understand it. And, and that's going to be exciting. So um, I don't even believe they need any help, but that there's possible slots there. We're praying. We don't know what's going to happen with the toddlers right now. Be in prayer that something's going to come because if, uh, we're just hoping something will happen. Um, and so, so that's what, what's going on with that. So I'm excited about the whole thing. It's not a, a get together as Christians only and bless us. You know, that's important. And to see that churches come together is really important. I really want to emphasize that let's not let it only be that. To have ten churches together fellowshipping and worshipping is going to be wonderful. But let's not exclude by any means those who don't know Jesus. Or maybe have been what I consider disenfranchised from the church. Jerry, if you've been in the church long enough, and, 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 and just in this, in this congregation you go, what happened to so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so? Well, if so-and-so's... Serving God faithfully in another church, praise the Lord for that. But what if they've just got wounded or hurt and now they are disenfranchised? They need to be plugged back into the body of Christ. This will be a great opportunity to come together where they can see the unity in the body of Christ again and, and, and feel and witness Jesus firsthand. Amen? Amen? Very excited about that. And I'm going to show, I want to show a video real quick. You know, we spend a lot of time together. In, in fellowship, in Bible studies, coming to church. We've, uh, we've learned a lot. I've said this before. The average Christian in this room has more knowledge, more training than the average pastor in the third world country. And, and so I just want to, we're just going to sh show a video, get the lights and, and, uh, and let God speak to us through it. We're going out. First off, it's going to be your friend. Come on, let's go get this. Yeah, hold on your rope. We're not going out on this one. Why not? We're not ready. No, we're not. You just go back to bed. I'll let you know. All right, come on. Get back to work for training. No, no, no. Was the alarm? Just training. Go, go. Training. Do it. Go. No, 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 no. no. Not till this place is followed. Go. Go. No, no, no. Keep working out. We're not strong enough yet. No, 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 no. Not yet. It's not a good time. Not a good time. Hey, come on. The thing is over. Calm down. Oh, I just got comfortable. Somebody shut that thing off. It's the best part. No, no, no. Nope, nope. No, no, it's not safe. I'm not feeling it. Not safe? 
Seriously? We're firefighters. Slow down there, overachiever. You don't even know people out there like firefighters. I'm not feeling calm. I feel it. People are dying out there. People die every day, rookie. Don't you think something's wrong here? I mean, isn't it strange that we're a fire station? We don't even put out fires? We're not getting this one. This other station. Come on, it's right next door. Hey, if they want our help, they come and ask us. When we go over there acting like we're the big shots, we got all the answers. Hey, <laughs> they may not even want our help. Help me! Hey, they could be talking to anyone. No, firefighters, help me! I got a chance to call please. It's, it's convicting to me. Are we ready to answer the call? You know, we're, being, we're being trained to go. Jesus' mission when he came to the earth was to seek and to save that which was lost. His mission wasn't to join all the Christians together so that we could just look at the back of each other's heads every Sunday. And so you, God, help us. God, help us to answer the call. Because just... A thousand feet behind us in Irwin Lake, people are dying and going to hell. God, too many times I've felt, oh, I, I, don't, I don't feel it today. I don't feel led to give out a track. God, move on us. Move on us this day. Stir up our hearts. Help us to get our eyes off of ourselves. God, we pray, God, that you would thrust workers into the harvest, as your word said. Because the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. God, but here we are. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Send us this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Amen, Lord. Amen. I was really praying this morning as we're getting a time of a word, of where to go, and and uh, I really had felt that we we needed to to watch this video and to, to share a little bit about that. And I didn't know if that was where the message was supposed to go. And through the words, praise the Lord this morning through those listening to God and being faithful and bold to step out and share what God was saying and doing this morning. And it was a confirmation confirmation of the word we're going to go actually continue on in our study in hebrews in our time in hebrews chapter 12 this morning amen don't know how far we're going to get but where if we don't get we'll just continue on i've i'd like to get through the whole thing it's a great it's a great chapter in the book of hebrews we're almost done we're almost done we can celebrate being done with hebrews soon we didn't take as long as we did a few uh, many years ago when we went through the book of Romans. Was anybody here for our book of Romans study? Wow. It was uh, five years. It was, it was multiple years. If, if, you, if it didn't take multiple years, when you, that was the second time we went through it. 
We were in the book of Romans for so long that when we got done with it, we had a graduation ceremony. We rented the school, the middle school, and had cap and gown for everyone who completed and had a graduation ceremony. So now, who was there still for that one? So <laughs> That's been a few years. That was quite a celebration. I, I, do, I believe it was a couple of years at least in the book. So, um, Wow. <laughs> you know, people spend their entire lives looking at, at just one book. So we spent some time in Hebrew, so I'm excited this morning. Uh, this morning we're talking about the, the race of faith. And there's really, an, and I'm kind of using the subsections in my Bible in the New King James. The, um, and so I kind of had a few, a few different subsections this morning. We have the race of faith. She talks about the cloud of witnesses. We have the discipline of God. If you're taking any notes, the discipline of God is the next section we're going to cover either today or, or, or in, the, in the coming weeks. The next section, renew your spiritual vitality, verses 12 through 17. From verses 18, it's the glorious company, 18 to 24, the glorious company. Starting in verse 25 in Hebrews 12 is... Hear the heavenly voice. And so we have a few subsections. This morning I just want to start in the very, at the very beginning. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Two verses opened up and expanded. We're going to do this morning and just that came alive once again in studying this this week. Therefore, since we also are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what witnesses are we talking about? We're coming out of chapter 11 where we talked about all those who've gone before the Examples of faith, the pillars of faith. And we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Those who walked with God. Those who had faith and accomplished the things that God called them to accomplish. We're surrounded. They've gone on before us and gave us an example. Church, we are in good company with the cloud of witnesses that surround us. You know why? One reason we're in such good company? Because we're all failures. Yeah, encouraging, huh? Praise the Lord. Pastor Rogers called me a failure. But we're all failures. We all fall short. We all have falling shorts. You know, we try, we go on, but we fail. And you know what? All those, those examples of faith, they were miserable failures at times. But they knew God and they kept pressing on. They were failures who relied on God and they didn't rely on themselves. What great witnesses and examples. All of them had their weaknesses as do we. As do we. You know, you think about, you know, the apostles. Just the the apostles in the New Testament, you know, they were raised in the Jewish tradition, but, you know, by the time they were doing these exploits for God, they had only been saved for a couple of years. They were young in the faith. But we've got, we're in great company. 
These people should inspire us. Those around us should inspire us to do great things. Ordinary people used by God in extraordinary ways. It's not about being called into professional ministry. We're all called to be His ministers. We're all called to be ambassadors. And I'm excited because we are. We can look at those examples of ordinary people, shepherds, just individuals who answered the call. We're going to answer God's call this morning and each and every day as God leads us out into the world. Moving on. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. The word there, weight, means crooked or hooked. And, and it, would, it would be something, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not wanting to get caught up, if you're going to go on a run, you don't want to have any hooks hanging out. And so that you're running through the trees and anything on your clothing would get caught and tangled on something else. We don't want to have any weights that are bringing us down. In other Greek writings, the word has meant pride. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every pride. Other times it was translated in Greek as a swollen pride and a swollen tumor. Let's not be cancerous. Let's not have tumors on us. Let us lay aside everything that hinders us. Let us lay aside every weight. Anything that obstructs your progress in the Christian faith is a weight that should be laid aside. What's your weight? For some, it's their job. For some, it's money. The desire for things. For some, it's hidden shame and sins. What's the weight that we have? So many of us have weights that are holding us back. Oh, I'm, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid to step out and do things for God. Instead, I'm, I don't want to go on the mission. I know there's a short-term missions trip coming, but I don't want to go. I'm just going to send money because I'm afraid to go. We want to lay aside every weight. We got, want to begin to pray, God, show me. And you know, it's not going to take long. We know what our weights are. God, show me what the weight is. I want to lay this aside. Wow, God, you've showed me through the word of these great men and women of faith. And boy, they had some weights, but they had to let them go. Abraham had to lay the weight down of receiving his promise from God and only holding on to that, Isaac. And he had to say, I'm going to lay this weight down. What was supposed to be a gift could have easily become become an ensnarement for Abraham. And so he laid Isaac on the altar and says, not even this. Not even this gift from God will become a weight that will hinder me from following steadfastly after you. Lay aside every weight, every encumbrance. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And the sin that so easily ensnares us. The word literally means a standing, standing well around or in circle. The sins that entangle us are things that really surround us and box us in. Sin boxes you in. How many times have you desired to do something for God and said, I can't do that. I've got this sin in my life. We're not just talking about weights, but now what are the sins that so easily ensnare us? We don't want to be encircled. And the the idea could even look like a long garment. And that, that, you know, if you're going to run a race... You wouldn't put on a robe, you would take off the robe. 
You don't want to have anything encumbering your legs. Boy, you know, now in, in sports, I mean, they're stripping everything off. I mean, you know, shaving their legs and putting caps on. And they don't want even the hairs on their legs to impede them from winning because it gives them a millisecond advantage. They're going to get rid of that. What things are encircling us? What snares? And there's a part in here that says, the sin which so easily ensnares us. And you think, you know, there are some sins that they don't easily ensnare me. So what is that? I am not tempted to do drugs. I'm just not. That's, that sin doesn't easily ensnare me. But, but he made a difference of the things that weigh us down and the sin that easily ensnares us. What is he talking about here? This those sins that you are predisposed to commit. You know, we all have a predisposition to commit certain sins. Not because we were born necessarily with that predisposition, but because of the life that we've lived. Because of the places that we've hung out. Because of the things that we walked into before we were saved. We have sins that are a lot easier to commit than, sins, than other sins that for us aren't a struggle. And we, you know, we have to be concerned about those sins first. Because those are the sins that keep hammering us day after day. They easily ensnare us. They easily encircle us. And they weigh us down. Pride. Fornication. Alcohol. Drugs. Lying. What are the things that... Lack of faith. What are the things... That you go, that is just a constant thing that I'm, I'm battling. We've got to be super careful of that sin. That's the sin the enemy is going to continually throw up at us and try to ensnare us with. Let's be really aware of those sins that easily ensnare us. You might be predisposed to them because you grew up in a family of, of alcoholics. And alcohol is just something. It's your vice you just run to. When things get tough, you need a drink. Let's be really careful with that. How do you lay that aside? You need to walk away from the influences. If, if that's a sin that, that, that gets you down, don't, don't work in a restaurant that serves alcohol. Hanging out with people who like to go out for a drink after work every night. That, that's going to be the thing that's going to ensnare you quickly. We have to really be willing to lay aside. You know, not everybody looks good with a shaved head, but some swimmers shave their heads so that they can be fast in the water. Are we willing to lay aside those weights and those sins and do the things that are going to be difficult to do? Moving on, it says... Lay, this, lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance. Another definition of endurance is perseverance. Anyone gone, has anyone ever tried to go out and start running? And, and, and if, you, if you've done it like me before, you say, I'm going to start running today. And I got out of my house, a little stretch, and I just started running. 
And I was doing great. I had great form. I had great speed. I was looking at a four and a half, five minute mile. And I got a block away and almost threw up. (laughs) My goodness. I can't run with endurance that fast. There was a lady up in Oakdale, Janine, and, and she, was, she was turning 40 a couple years ago, and she shared this publicly, so it's not... A, she was turning 40, and, and she just thought, I need to get back in shape. And, and, and she, re, she realized she got to the point in, in age where um, you couldn't just eat everything you wanted. You, know, you either had to really, really limit what you're going to eat. And she just said, I didn't want to watch what I was eating, so I started running. And I, we were, Shannon and I were up there when she started running, and... Uh, and she, she was up to half marathons, running 13 miles. She started running at 40. And so it was really exciting. But she says, you know, if you want to start running, what you want to do is go for a walk. Just go for a walk. And then run for 30 seconds. And then walk again. Walk for a couple minutes. And then run for 30 seconds. And do that for a while. And the next time, maybe walk for two minutes instead of three and run for 30 seconds. And start walking less and running more. Build up your perseverance. Start slow, but keep working at it. And then you'll get to eventually running a mile. And then you try to push yourself a little bit more and more and more. We give up way too easy. We give up way too easy. Run with perseverance. We're going to face trials and things that beset us, things that railroad us, that derail us all the time. And we need to know that we've got to run with perseverance, pushing through. Is there, is, how many runners, actual runners, are there, even if it's not now and it used to be a runner? You know the wall? You know the wall? I never got past the wall. I never got pat when I was running. I, you know, I, I would run a couple miles, and I never got to. But there's a point, you know, you, you can't bust through when you're running. But there's a point if you persevere, you all of a sudden can keep running. You like weird. You just you're dying, and you just keep pushing. And all of a sudden, in the same run, you're like, I just made it, and you can keep running and running and running. We have to push through the wall. We have to push through. I wish I would have. My goal was to run up for Castle Rock. And, and um, I, I would start at, down at Boulder Bay Market where I lived. And I'd run all the way up those, that winding road to the trail and run up the trail to Castle Rock. And if you've hiked it, if you've hiked it, um, you know, you, you go up that first steep part of the trail. Then you cross over the, the little river thing. And then you come up and it, it goes around like that. I would get just to the right before the first massive switchback and just die I just died from running from that. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud that I could run that distance. But if I would have persevered, I would have made it. I don't want to not make it up the final hill. I don't want to not make it. I want to push through. And it hurts. Pain isn't fun, but we want to persevere. We want to endure all the things. What are we going to do? We're going to run with endurance the race before us. Now, some of you, some of us, know how to endure a lot of other things. And we can run other races really well. But we tend to 
not be able to run the Christian race. We've got to be careful to not just run any race and feel good about accomplishing a degree or something else. He says, run the race with endurance, the race before us. That's the Christian race. That's serving Jesus. It's not our own. It's not just accomplishing some goal or, or only becoming a good mom or dad or getting a degree. It's the things that God would call us to. It's the things that God has set out for us. It's great to be successful. But first, let's be successful in Him. Let's not get lost in our own race, but rate, run and with endurance His race. The race before us is His race. Not our own. And what a great day when we are able to finally finish because we've endured that race to hear well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear those things. I don't want to hear, eh, you, you can come in. You know, I used to say things like that. You know, if I just get there, I just want to get there. You know, Mother Teresa's laying up treasures in heaven. She's got a mansion. She's got a Rolls Royce. I've got a Pez dispenser. But it's good enough for me. <laughs> you know the difference with that? And I used to really think that. The difference is that because it came all about me. As long as I make it. You know, I'm enduring for more than me. See, my salvation is secure. I, I'm in Him. I'm, I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm going to continue to follow Him, but what will my fruit be? Do I care about the people next to me? Do I care about living a, a, a righteous life? Sadly, I, I spent actually, you know, too much time I was watching Larry King, a recorded thing of Larry King with Jennifer Knapp. Jennifer Knapp was a Christian artist. Jennifer Knapp came out of the closet and revealed herself as a lesbian. And a pastor was on Larry King with her and, you know, her argument kept being, you know, I'm a person of faith and I'm okay. And the pastor, you know, they just kept slamming him. And it was really sad because the pastor was trying to say, you are a person of, of influence. And you are trying to say that being a lesbian is okay for everyone. And she says, no, I'm not. But I just don't think being a lesbian is a sin. Don't you realize by saying that, that you're saying that it's okay for everyone? Are we committed to live for God and to live His race and not make excuses for our own behaviors and say, God, you're calling me to a race. I'm going to run with endurance. I'm going to be one of those witnesses who makes it. And when I fall, and I will, I'm not going to say, well, you know, it's just the way God made me. Or, I'm Italian, so I have, an, I have a temper. I'm Irish, so I like to drink a lot. I was raised in a bad home. What do you expect from me? I'm saved, sanctified, and delivered. I expect the righteousness of Christ to come out of my life. I want to run the race before me, not my own. 
And that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do because we are very selfish. How do we do this? We look unto Jesus. It continues on in Hebrews. Looking unto Jesus. If we don't look unto Jesus, then we're just going to try to do this on our own. I'm going to live better. I'm going to do more. I'm going to run harder. I'm going to finish the race in my own strength. And we're going to fail miserably. And if we don't fail, all we'll have done was built a kingdom based on Rob. But we need to look unto Jesus constantly saying, God, I can't do this outside of you. And even if I can, because there is a lot we can do in our own strength. And that's just honest. There's a lot we can do on our own strength. We've got to be careful not to do everything in our own strength, but to say, God, I can do this, but in you I can do it better. In you it's going to be right. In you it's going to be fulfilled. In you it's going to be anointed. Not just an example of somebody who lives a decent life. I need to look unto Jesus. Colossians 2.6 Colossians 2.6 As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Go over to the right a few books. 1 John, also 2.6 I always like when, when there's just connections in that. It's just fun. The 2.6 you, know, you know, a lot of 3.16s in the Bible are awesome verses. You've gone and done that. It's just amazing, wonderful verses. Chapter 3, verse 16. Not all of them, but... 1 John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. We need to walk in him. If we need to abide in him, we need to look to Jesus. He is, the next section of the chapter of Hebrews, in the verse of Hebrews, the author and finisher of our faith. Some have perfecter of our faith. He's the author. It, author means the source. And in the original Greek, it's not our faith. It doesn't say he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author and finisher of faith. He's the one who started. He is the source of faith. It starts with Him. It finishes with Him. Faith is in Him, by Him, through Him. He didn't just author and write something that we say, oh, now this is my faith. He is our faith. We put everything in Him. One who makes a beginning. You know, there's a, a lot of people have a faith. Jennifer Knapp says, it was, I was listening to just really listening to what she said. She never once said that she was a Christian still, but she, did, she didn't deny that she was and she's in a church. But she says, I'm a person of faith. You know, I'm sorry. Faith is great. There's a lot of faith. A lot of people have faith. I know people have faith in, in, in the lottery. They must. They keep buying these tickets. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Faith. 
He is the source of our faith. It's not our faith, it's Him. We need to look to Him. Otherwise, we can just become these people who have our own faiths, our own beliefs, our own trusts, and we begin to make things up. We used to call that supermarket Christianity, supermarket religion. You take your cart down the aisles of life and say, Ooh, I like fidelity when it comes to other people being faithful to me. You know, oh, I, I don't like, you know, I, I, I don't want this not having sex for fornication, so I'm going to leave that on the shelf because I've got a girlfriend I want to live with. And, and we make up our own rules and we put whatever we want into the cart. I don't, want, I don't like tithing. I'm going to leave that on the, on the shelf. I don't like, I don't like, I do like. We go to the Word and say, God, how do you want me to live? What are your principles for my life? And every day it feels like we're getting darker and darker into our own religions. Our own belief systems. This word has to be the beginning and the end of our faith. It has to be the basis for everything we say and do. We can't change it. The moment you begin to change scriptures, now you can change anything you want. You've changed one thing, you you can change anything. Is one part more inspired or less inspired? Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Him, who for the joy set before Him, Hebrews says, for the joy set before Him, what was His joy? You know, there was a lot of things I believe it was His joy, but I think the biggest thing was His joy was you. You are God's joy. Now, when you get up in the morning, you probably don't look in the mirror and go, I'm God's joy. (laughs) You are His joy. Psalm 17.8 says that you are the apple of His eye. I'm this old... And a hokey chorus, keep me Jesus as the apple of thine eye. Do you remember that one? Yep. <laughs> was it hokey? <laughs> great words, great words. It was, it was, ins- but it's true. And, and you, when I first heard that, I went, oh, that's a nice little, the Bible says that I am the apple of his eye. And some of the younger people went, what does that mean? He loves us. We're his joy. It's so exciting. What was the joy set before? Why did Jesus endure and do what He did? For you. You're His joy. Your deliverance. Your salvation. Your sanctification. Your friendship with God. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Enoch was a man of faith because he walked with God. God wants to have friend, be friends with us. We are His joy. When He endured the cross, he, I believe He saw us. I'm going to die. I'm going to endure this for Karen. I'm going to endure this for Janina, for Julie, for Corey. He endured it because He loved us. You know, He loved us before we were saved. He loved us when we weren't good. He loved us at our worst. And even our best is filthy is like filthy rags. He loves us and we're His joy. And that just amazes me. We should just stop and go, oh, 
You married people really understand the difference between what people see and what lays at home. You know, you know, there's probably been temptations at times for for you wives or for us husbands when we go out in public and we've all dressed up and we did our hair right and ladies had some makeup on. These days, some guys wear makeup, you know, a little bit of... You know, and you get out in public and some is, man, you look really nice. And some of you spouses, I know, you've been tempted to go, yeah, but you didn't see them an hour and a half ago. <laughs> if you ever said that, shame on you. <laughs> but he loves us, even though he knows what we really look like. We are his joy. And we don't deserve it. Because he saw you yelling at your kids. He saw you actually cuss at your spouse. Making those remarks about the poor driver who just happens to drive too slow and pull out slowly in front of you. He saw it. He was there. And yet you're the apple of his eye. Stop trying to be good and just love him. God, thank you so much. I don't deserve it. If you'll begin to do that, your life will change. You'll find yourself not striving to change. And it'll just come naturally out of your love and your care for God because you're going to say, you know, I've, I've hurt you so much. Let's look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of faith, whose joy is us. He endured the cross, despising the shame. You know, I was really trying to get a picture, and we've talked about the pain and the agony and the suffering of the, of the cross. But there's another side of that. He endured the cross. You know, the cross was not for righteous people. The cross was a punishment for thieves and bad people. It wasn't good. They did it outside of the city because they didn't want to even be connected to it. And they left them up on the, on the cross. Normally they'd leave them on the cross as a sign to others. It was shameful. It was a horrible thing. Some of you remember when, when schools could do this. Little Johnny was bad. And they had a little thing in the cupboard that looked like a cone. And they put the little hat on little Johnny... You got the dunce cap. They actually would do that. Why? Because there was shame in it. They're hoping that, that through that shame, maybe little Johnny was going to you know, work a little bit harder and come out better. You know, that, that shame didn't help little Johnny. But boy, you know, that, isn't that the horrible thing? You get the finger pointed at you. You know, hey guys, we're playing basketball today. You guys all did a good job except Rob. Man, don't next week nobody play like Rob because he played really bad today. Thank you. Feels so good. Jesus' shame was slightly more than a dunce cap. He was punished as a criminal, as a heathen, as something Horrible, And I thought, what, what types of punishment do we have that would still bring shame to it? Because we've almost glorified everything. You know, I thought, well, the gallows. 
You know, but you can still see a hero who is unjustly punished and almost there's this wonderful thing. There was so much shame connected to the cross. The electric chair. Sitting there. You only get the electric chair because you've been a naughty boy. There's a lot of shame in the things that lead to a life of somebody who gets executed in the electric chair. Jesus endured that shame as well as all the pain. You know, after he did that, we continue on in Hebrews. It says that he sat down at the right hand of God. So much heaviness. So much heaviness going, God, I've got these weights. And I've got this sin in my life. And and I haven't lived up to your standards. And I can't. And I need to look to you. And God, you did so much for me. But it ends this section. He sat down. At the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand is the sign of power and authority. Jesus didn't just do things to make us feel bad. He didn't just live a life and suffer shame so we could go, God, I'm so bad. He sat down at the right hand of the Father so that we could be exalted. And He would have power and in Him we would have power over the enemy. He did everything He did and says, set our eyes upon Him. And then He went and He sat down and He says, I've done it. It's finished. In Me you have power. In Me you have victory. In Me you have authority. He's there. And in Him we have life. Just like all the other witnesses who went on before, they had God and they in Him had the power and the victory. Hallelujah. I get excited. He reigns on high. That means we get to reign on high. Praise the Lord. You're going to suffer many things, the Bible says. But don't lose heart. Keep pressing on. Let's endure through this. Jesus already won the victory. He endured for us. Can't we endure also? Can't we use Him as, as, as the example? He says, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Not many of us have, have gone to that point of bleeding and that's the next section. We're going to press on in God. Lord, help us to endure. I'm excited. So thankful for the things that Jesus has done for me. I want to live faithful to Him. I want to endure this life I want to be one of those in the cloud of witnesses. If Jesus doesn't come back and they could write another book, I would like it to be. And there was Rob. Look at him as an example of faith. Not for my name's sake, because by the time that happens, I'm going to be dead. So I don't need any glory. But that, that I would have lived for Jesus as a good example. Leading people to Him. The songs that lead me to the cross. We should be able to lead others to the cross, not our own cross. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I am blown away at what you've done for me. Lord, I need to look to You for strength. God, I 
desire to be an overcomer and an endurer. God, I thank you that you've given me the examples of those who've gone before me. Those who've walked and lived before me. Let me look to their example. Let me look to you. And let me live in you. God, I pray that as I'm tempted to turn back because I'm having a trial. Lord, that my mind would immediately remember that which you've done. My mind would recall those even who live today who are suffering greater persecutions than myself. God, I thank you as we continue on in this chapter, we're going to hear about the discipline of God. Helping us to understand that there is suffering in this life, but through that suffering, sometimes it's actually disciplined by you and we despise that discipline because it's too hard. God, help me not to despise discipline. Help me look to you and welcome whatever it is that you have for me. Help me to understand the difference between my race and your race. And let me run yours. In you, strengthened by you, filled with your spirit, God. Fathers, we leave this place today. We started with a video. Will we answer the call? Lord, help us to answer the call. Let's pick up the phone. Help us to understand your voice. Whatever it is that you call us to do, to be, let us be faithful to that. We bless your name this morning, God. We thank you that you will empower us to live in you and for you and through you, God. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.